Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yellow, welcome to the Sportive Podcast. It is January 10th, 2017. Yodis B. With me tonight is Stu. Hi, Stu. Hey, guys. Uh, how's it going? And John is with me as well. Hi, John. Hi, Brandon. How you doing? I have to say, if uh, if you're looking to listen to a Minnesota sports podcast tonight, then you're in luck because we are going to shower you with hot takes tonight. Hot shower. You're in luck. Shower. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I, good. I, I, I get the joke. I, I'm no. sitting here flabbergasted. Uh, flabbergasted is the only yep. word that could describe me right now. That is the extent of our political talk for this evening, but it's January 10th, 2017, and it had to be mentioned. Uh, John, let me ask you first and foremost about one PJ Fleck. Is this an elite hire? How are you feeling? Are you feeling elite about this? Are you guys ready to row some boats? I'm ready to row the Very boat. Ready. I don't know about all you. I think I wasn't I, sure, but now I definitely am. Elite would be a strong word, I think, for PJ Fleck, just because he's... As has been endlessly noted, he's only coached with Western Michigan, and he didn't even overall over his four-year tenure. If you add everything up, he didn't really do that well because even though he was thirteen and one this year, he was one and eleven his first year. So it's not like it, it's not like overall you look at PJ Fleck and think, now this is a guy who has a proven track record of success. That said, he recruited pretty well, given that he was at Western Michigan, which. Uh, we're we're not going to necessarily play the Rand McNally game, but I Western Michigan's in Big Rapids or something like that. Maybe that's Ferris State. There's two thousand. They're 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 in Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. Yeah. There's two thousand fairly minor Michigan universities in towns that you never heard of, and they all have hockey teams, and it's kind of confusing. Uh, Lake Superior State, Ferris State, Western Michigan, all of these. All of these terrible schools have terrible hockey teams, but we're not talking about hockey. We're talking about PJ Fleck. Um, Correct. Lake Superior State is in Sault Ste. Marie. You jackass. Yeah, I know that. God. I know that, Stu. How dare you suggest for even a second that I didn't know where Lake Superior State was? Guys, we argue about this every just, podcast. Just, Let's stop arguing about the location of Lake Superior State and how much we know about it. Back to Fleck, John. Back to Fleck. Uh, he's a. It, it would sort of be derogatory to call him a salesman. He's just, he's sort of that inspirational kind of rah-rah go-getter kind of coach. And it's easy to, to dismiss that, but a guy who's cut from the exact same bolt of cloth just won a national championship yesterday. So 
it's hard to argue against that sort of motivational crazy person nonsense because that's what Clemson wrote all the way to appearing in the national title game last year and winning a national title this year. So I guess what I'm saying is that P.J. Fleck yes. will win a national title at Minnesota. That's exactly <laughs> how that sounds. Yeah, the raw raw stuff like might not. Go ahead, Stu. He's uh, he seems like you know the best case scenario that he'd be like a Pete Carroll type, <clears throat> just one of those guys the players love. He's just crazy enthusiastic. Doesn't think uh, Jeff Fuel can melt steel beams. That type of guy. <laughs> and uh, the worst case scenario, the worst case scenario is that he's Tim Brewster two dot Yep. Um, but you know he does he does have more of a track record than Brewster. He has less of a track record than Lou Holtz, who's probably his most, uh, um, you know, the person who he's most like, who was a previous Gopher coach, but he has uh, less of a track record than Lou, but he also has less, you know, anti-immigrant jibber-jabber. And, his, and you can actually understand him when he speaks. So that's a positive in a Flex case. And as far as we know, Flex not leaving Western Michigan on probation like Lou Holtz did to literally every school he ever coached. Oh, Luther Darville. We remember. No one else does, but we yep. remember you, Luther. No one forgets, Lou. No one forgets. Oh, mm-hmm. old Luther Darville. Stu, you want to explain that, that, that for our a guy. for our younger listeners? He was he was essentially Lou's bag man. And uh let's just say that uh he's uh was the he was the guy who like had the overcoat and had these you know the the extra pockets on the inside that just happened to have bundles of cash inside of yep. them. That's uh, about, that's what you need to know about old uh, Luther Darville. God, I think that every day. That's great. I think my favorite part of this whole PJ Fleck thing is that obviously a number of media outlets have done fairly long stories on him, and the one thing that didn't get pointed out a ton was that. A, a young Fleck after after his playing career was finished and after he'd finished his two years on the 49ers practice squad and stuff, he became an assistant coach, a wide receivers coach for, at Northern Illinois under Jerry Kill and the rest of the former Gopher staff. So he knew all of those guys. And in this article it was mentioned that Fleck was the kind of sort of Jim Harbaugh-styled nutcase that would leave other coaches motivational quotes and all of these other coaches who were 15 years older than Fleck and had been coaches for 15 years and here's Fleck in his first year were like, uh, no, PJ, I, you don't need to leave me any more quotes. I, I think I'm good. I think I'm good without your motivational quotes you're leaving on my desk here. And now Fleck's coming in and all of those guys are out of jobs. I, I, I right. just didn't... and those motivational quotes might not work on hardened, wizened, old fogies, but that's not really who PJ is trying no. to motivate, right? He doesn't really give a shit no, about those old No, he's guys. not trying to motivate Patrick Royce to write a favorable column about him. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's, he cares. He, he's trying to get a 19-year-old to play hard and practice hard. That's, you know, which is an easier thing to do. Yep, very much, very much so. Good for him. And, you know, we joke every time somebody's hired in this market for – Almost well, most of the teams. Uh, the old joke comes up again, where I'd never want to be part of a club that would have me as a member. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this that joke seems to be resonating more with Gopher football now than any other job. I can't think of a less desirable job uh, that 
that's come up in Minnesota sports, and they're all pretty bad jobs. But nothing has been as challenging as this one. So to find somebody who is regarded as having some potential and not being an absolute... Like, this is the time that you would end up with a Tim Brewster in this situation, right? Where, like, we couldn't fucking find anybody who wanted to take this program. Um, it seems like a pretty pretty decent job by uh, old what's-his-face Mark Coyle. Um, and again, it could be a disaster. He could go... He could be, again, like Brewster Jr., but as of now, it seems that they at least got the guy that they wanted, so... I'm excited, and it will definitely not be boring. There's zero percent chance that this by, is. By, yeah, by boring. all by all accounts, like LSU and Oregon were trying to get him, or at least were kicking his tires. So I mean, it's not like you know the Gophers are out on an island taking a chance on somebody. This is a guy that like major programs were interested in for their openings. True. So yeah, this is. I mean, but remember that we uh-oh. also said that about Dan Monson when the Gophers hired him from Gonzaga, and Gonzaga oh, yeah. did nothing oh, yeah. but get better oh, yeah, afterwards. Exactly. <laughs> and the Gophers, true. they're exactly. a powerhouse now. Yeah, yeah. It was like oh, yeah, the was, final it's, piece it's, for Gonzaga yeah. was getting rid of Dan Monson and getting someone else to hire him. Yeah, yeah no I, 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 there's there's no there's no guarantee of success, but I mean. As far as we know, this is as probably as good a I mean good a hire as they could have made given the state of the program, especially given the state of the program. Am I, was I being dramatic after, when I say that it's a less uh, less desirable job than anything else that's come up in the past however many recent hires we've made? Am I wrong about that? Or is the allure of the Big Ten and a team that did technically, you know, have a good season um, is it less of a shitty job than I think it is. It's a more desirable job than well, Rutgers or Maryland. Yeah, those are okay. Big Ten. Teams Minneapolis now. is nicer than Kalamazoo. I mean, there's just don't get in around it. Yeah, I think it's probably yeah. more desirable than every MAC team and at least two Big Ten teams. So there you go. Is it as bad of a job as go for basketball when Lil Richie Patino took it over? I don't know. That's a pretty bad job. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty pretty lousy. Yeah, because it is a nine win team, I suppose. But man, what a disaster! If you were paying even somewhat attention at this past however many months it's been, but I suppose you could say it was all based on Clay's, who's gone now, and now it'll be super simple to clean up if you are looking on the bright side. Which, if I had a dollar to bet, I'd guess that PJ Fleck is looking on the bright side. <laughs> He might yeah, just he might just manage a bit of optimism coming in. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, getting back to that ricey thing a little bit, because um, sure. he was the most uh, vociferous about, you know, saying this guy's a snake oil salesman, uh, you know, just uh, complete rah rah boob. Um, thing is, like a lot, and not not just ricey here. That a lot of people uh, the sports media in town, the especially the older, whiter types, uh, really like to piss over piss on all the uh, not no, sorry, sorry Brandon. I they piss all over the non revenue <laughs> sports. Um your I gymnastics, your women's way. hockey. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, they just, you know, whine about Title Nine and all that shit and how, you know, they the uh athletic department needs to maybe, you know, ter- give a high hat to all these lady sports and give the big boys the attention they need so they can, you know, bring in the revenue. And then they make a hire that at least shows they're trying to play with the big boys and like bring in up, like, you know, the hot young thing. 
and they hate that too. So I mean, that's just at least be honest about your cynicism. I I just if you want uh, the revenue sports to get the full attention, that's what they're trying to fucking do with this PJ Fleck hire, and then you're pissing all over this too. So I don't quite. Let's just say I'm unimpressed. Yeah, I think at some point it just becomes a lot easier to complain than it is to compliment. Maybe people just don't. They've been a, they've been in the business for so long. Maybe they realize that like complimenting is not gonna. It's not interesting to anybody. So they just complain. Yeah, I, I just, I just, yeah. I mean, they they want you know to they want to tweak the politically correct Title Nine. You know, we're gonna have you know equal facilities for women, and just because that's the worst thing that could possibly happen to a university is treating you know female athletes with respect or something but then they you know try to actually pay attention to the big programs and then they get you know shit on or pissed on as well so uh back i mean what are you gonna do right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just a golden shower of hits it just <laughs> yep yeah no true no uh i'm with you i i feel you I will say so, I will say one thing that is disappointing in this hire is that it did mean that we never had the chance to see Les Miles get hired as the Minnesota Gophers coach. Oh man. And just I <laughs> I just would have loved for a camera crew to be following him the first day when he got to the Gopher practice facility and they were like, All right, uh we're here, Les, so here is where we eat meals. I know it's the lobby of the building, but this is where this is where the team gets together and eats. Um, and here's our practice facility. The the roof leaks actually a lot. It, it, we're trying to hold back the leaks, but we're gonna have buckets around. So just work around the buckets if it if it snows or rains. And so that's what we got. Uh, you know how at LSU you had. People who were just itching to give you money to do new stuff. Yeah, we don't have that here. Um, if you ask people for money, they will not want to give it to you. And they'll look at you like you are a terrible person for even asking. And if you probably had a, a, a thousand grad assistants to do everything for you at LSU. Yeah, we don't have that here either. We have two grad assistants. Uh, so, good luck. Um... We'll, we'll see you in the spring. Spring football soon, right? <laughs> Mark Coyle will show you around if he can ever find his keys. <laughs> He's already in an Uber. Yep. Back to the airport. Yeah, it's over. Uh, yeah. Yep, that would have been... I don't really know a ton about uh, Miles, but it seemed like pretty obvious that he was a far second, second place. He was a bargaining chip to get Fleck right. to make up his mind, if I had to guess. Right. And <laughs> so another thing that came out of the, like, right after Fleck got the job, there was a bunch of uh, kids from Western Michigan decided to join him. That's not a, is that, like, a, a good thing? I mean, of course they would play for the U if they could, right? They would have accepted initially. Like, flipping Western Mich- Michigan kids to the U is not a, a great that's not a not a bad sign but it, it doesn't mean a whole lot right just yet right has, has he gotten any new other commits or anything that done so far that we should be excited about or is it really just that he's 
He's a go-getter. And well, he's got some coaches, right, John? He got some coaches today, didn't he? Oh, I didn't see that news. I heard that he yeah. got the um, offensive coordinator from Western Michigan, which isn't too surprising. And um, he got the offensive coordinator from Ohio State as the offensive line coach. Well, that doesn't make yeah, a lick that of sense. Yeah, that was a weird one. Nope. Um, per per um, official sport of podcast twin brother Dave Marthaler, it's because he was the Ohio State guy was going to get demoted, I believe. Yeah. I think that's what... Uh, if you're gonna... And they did get shut out by Clemson in the national semifinals. That's true. I guess that does make some sense. He wasn't real popular in Columbus this week, whoever that offensive coordinator is. No, no. Yeah. Um, I think his name was Keith Touchdown Guy. Yep, Glenn Mason. That's what we'll go with. Yep. So, John, I want you to just be wildly irresponsible at this point. If Tracy Clays were still the coach and you had $1,000 that you had to bet next year, Tracy Clays' coach wins for the Gophers, what would you have put your $1,000 on? Hmm. With Tracy Clays as the coach, a terrible recruiting class, not covered, not bare, but not well stocked either. Schedule still pretty soft. I think I would have put my thousand dollars on a. Are we counting the bowl game or just a regular season record? I have no idea. Whatever you right. want, John. Uh, I'm going to put my money on the seven. Seven wins. And is that counting a bowl game? Whatever I want, Brandon. Oh, so you don't have to tell me what you're going to do. (laughs) Exactly. I thought you were going to at least set the rules before you. So maybe it's seven and five with a bowl loss, or maybe it's six and six with a bowl win. Either way, I win. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Now, knowing what we know with (laughs) PJ on board. Uh, where are you going to put your $1,000 next year? Uh, my $1,000 is going on the 8. You think PJ, our guy PJ, we love him, is going to give us one extra win in his first year? <laughs> I think that he's going to earn three wins just by talking. <laughs> hey, one extra win, I don't mean to belittle that. That's good. That's very good. His first year to improve a team seems like... Uh, with college in particular, the first year or two is usually pretty rough with new guys coming in. So I was prepared for you to say they might be a little bit worse next year and maybe the following year, but they should be better in the long run with him. So I am pleasantly surprised. And again, that's mostly because I expected the worst. It's hard. This is a good time to feel optimistic about PJ Fleck. There's, There's nothing bad has happened yet. We haven't had a Tim yeah. Brewster-style first season where everything that can go wrong does. And you think, now, I thought we got away from the guy who did all this stuff. And instead, he's still here. That's what happened That's what happened with Tim Brewster, and it could happen with P.J. Fleck. There's no way to tell him. Right, that's true. You know, another thing about P.J. Fleck is one thing that we love doing here on The Sportive is giving nicknames to anybody notable. LeBron Treadmill, uh, the list goes on. Great Doritos. Nick became Daryl Dawkins, became uh, Chocolate Thunder. (laughs) Typically, it's just to make something sound either easier for us to say or more accurate when, for example, Robbie Hummel 
he's like 45 years old. We're not calling him Robbie. We're calling him Bob. He became Bob Hummel. The thing about P.J. Fleck is that sounds like the nickname we gave to if his name was like Paul Flarnick or something. We'd be like, yep. after seeing him talk, we'd be like, no way. You're not a fucking Paul. I'm sorry. Your name's P.J., kiddo. You're P.J. Fleck from now on. So I don't know how we're going to be able to improve on that. That's like the most accurate name versus person I think I've ever seen. I think we got a pretty good chance of both correctly pronouncing and remembering P.J. Fleck's name. Those are usually yep. the two reasons yep. we have to go with somebody else with, with another way yeah, of saying exactly. somebody's name. So I was we might just to have to initially stick. suggest. Uh, I was going to suggest Tracy Tracy Fleck from um, Election, a great movie. Um, but then I realized <laughs> again, PJ Fleck's even better. Why would I even you know uh, want to change it? So so PJ Fleck it is for me. Unless you know, I'm I'm happy to come up with something new. But I just thought that was. I'm going to stick with that for now. I think Clarence is generally in charge of our nickname, so I'll wait for him to weigh in on yeah, the well, official one. But Good point. I'm sure he'll blow P.J. Fleck out of the water. Yep. Uh, okay. That's So we have a, achieved a three-man consensus that this was a fun, good hire that won't be boring, and we're happy, and we're also happy, of course, to see uh, Tracy Clay's gone. Can we agree? Hands in the pot? Yes. I agree. Hands in the pot. Agree. Hands yep. in the pot. Okay. Uh, well, let's move on. I want to talk about other sports. John, I want to talk about the Wild. Oh, and Mr. Puck. Sorry, Stu. I, I'm sorry that I referenced John first when this is clearly more of your. No, segment. yeah. I mean, I was. I, it's. I, I'm. I'm not offended, but yeah, you should have come to me first. Um, <laughs> the Wild. To, the The Wild took three out of four possible points mm-hmm. on back to back nights on the road. Against the top two teams in the Pacific Vision, Pacific Division this last weekend, John, why is this bad? No, I I watched the Anaheim <laughs> game on uh, Sunday, and they really put together a dominating performance in that one. Right, Anaheim pulled the goaltender with a couple of minutes to go, and after that, they got off about ten or twelve shots, not on goal, but shot attempts. But before that, I think the shot attempts were something like Minnesota sixty-five, Anaheim. 41 or something like that and that's just you, you you can't do a lot better than that i think anaheim blocked 22 shots or something ridiculous like that so it's it, 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 that was a really good performance <laughs> the way hockey works of course they almost lost it and needed to hang on for dear life at the end to win two to one but at least they won two to one i i know that all the quotes from boudreau in the paper the next day were about how happy he was to win two to one instead of these four and five goal games they've given up but the the things that i said which you probably couldn't hear on the podcast last week thanks to microphone problems the things that i said last week really haven't changed they still are in the middle of the nhl even down towards the bottom in the nhl and shots allowed and shots taken they just happen to have a extremely high shooting percentage and an extremely high save percentage and so you have to shooting percentage is just basically just luck and save percentage isn't basically just luck. Obviously there's some goaltender skill involved, but they they went on a little bit of a run where Devin Daryl Dawkins, Devin Dubnik was giving up four goals a game and even Dubnik himself said, Well you can't you can't keep up the 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 way he did the first twenty seven games the whole season, you're gonna have lulls, but it a lot a lot depends on pretty much the wilds Continued success depends on whether Dubnik and 
to a lesser extent, Kemper behind him can continue to put up amazing save save numbers. That really has been the basis so for their who, success. Besides Chocolate Thunder, who who is their second best player? Uh, boy, that's a hard question right now. I was going to say the way John's talking, they don't have any good players. It's uh, pretty clear <laughs> that he, they're all basically he, on that two-way just, contract deal. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be fair to say it's all luck. It's all random. I think it'd be fair to say their second best player this year so far has been Ryan Suter. He he seems like he's having and, his usual excellent excellent season. And what number ranking is Ryan Suter in the NHL? As far as defensemen. No, overall. Overall, like what what would he get for MVP votes? Like, would he be he, in order? Not uh, votes, let's see. He is on players. he is on the Central Division All Star team, so that's I think twelve guys in one division. So he's clearly in the top fifty. Um, Suter would probably be. I'm going to say Ryan Suter is the twenty third best player in the NHL. Okay, so we've got Chocolate Thunder, who's the best goalie, and then the 23rd best guy is our second best guy. So it really, and then, but we also have a bunch of other guys that are really solid, right? Like previous years, just a lot of really good. We just don't have any. I was just curious if there's anybody who was just like, oh, this guy's been, uh, he's like third in the league in scoring or whatever, like an amazing. No. You know, this guy's been crushing it too. It's really been about really good defense and okay yeah. offense. Well, it's been it's been really good goaltending and they've gotten a fairly balanced scoring. They've gotten fairly balanced scoring, I think. I I don't have the numbers in front of me, so someone'll probably point out tomorrow that Eric Stahl has 27 goals and nobody else has more than 12 or something like that, but it, near as I can tell, they're getting a lot of a, a lot of similar play from a lot of different lines and that's good in one sense in that you've got the that they've gotten solid play from all four lines but certainly they don't have that top end offensive talent that a team like Chicago would have or a, any of another any of a number of teams that have offensive superstars that they can at least depend somewhat on so it's good and bad obviously uh, I, I, I don't want to harp on the numbers too much. That it, it's just sort of they've just sort of been an average team, but that's that's who they've been so far. And that and you're right, though, John. I I have the numbers in front of me. Our four centers are the top four uh, in points right now. Stahl has 35, Coyle has 32, Granlund has 31, and Koivu has 28. So yeah. they're all basically what for are the most the... part the same, and then. What do the goal numbers look like? Uh, 13 goals for Stahl, 13 goals for Coyle, 10 for Granlund, and 12 yeah. for Koivu. Exactly. So you've got four, the, four, the four guys down the middle have all scored within four goals of each other. It's not like you've got yep. one guy who scored 27 and then your fourth line center has scored three. How many does Hala have? He's been hurt, but... Uh, he has six goals and five assists. He has six. How about Nino? Nino has nine goals and 15 assists. How how many guys on the team have between eight and 13 goals? Uh, 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 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 So there you go. More than two lines worth of guys have scored somewhere between eight and 13 goals. Where I think if you look at most teams. Nobody. Yeah, there's no standouts, but there's no passengers either. Right, right. For the listeners, um, John just had Brandon read off the. Goal stats for the Minnesota Wild for three minutes. Yep, that was good. <laughs> In case our listeners, our listeners were sound asleep, we're waking them up to let Wake them up. know this portion Wake of the up. program is done now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stu, yeah. what, yep, was it last week or was it let's... the week before that you read off every Vikings offensive coordinator since the dawn of the franchise? <laughs> no, general uh, manager. And, and, and then I just started talking about random Montreal Canadians. Yep. <laughs> You just said Max Pacioretty so like 12 times. We, Max Pacioretty, he's a guy, right? Yep, he's a player. So fucking oh, I, good I should take, since, we're, since we're on the subject, I should apologize to Valerie Bure for <laughs> saying that his brother was married to the actress Candace Cameron Bure. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, but uh, it was actually Valerie Bure, have, who I'd never heard of in my life. We have, but as a, apparently a hockey player as well. We have mangled so many, complaints. so many facts in the history of this podcast, Seriously. and gotten no complaints <laughs> except about this one. And that's the one. Yeah, that was the one that got people upset. God damn it! <laughs> Come on, don't you know this? Oh boy, they were watching Hallmark movies all November and December, and like they knew, they knew. Who Candace Cameron Bure was married to, and sure as fuck wasn't Pavel. <laughs> the best part was, I got personalized complaints for people like, John, you should have known. You should have known this. You should have corrected Stu. How could you let this go? <laughs> you, John. Come on, John. You're better than that. <laughs> we expect this from Stu, but not from you. <sighs> okay, John. Sorry, so my last wild question um, uh, is... Top heavy, amazing offensive goal scorers, a requirement to win it all, or having a real solid team like this with a hot goalie, that happens, right? That could happen. Well, <laughs> I don't know if that's sort of a question. <laughs> what you're asking me is are you asking me, is it possible for a team to ride a hot goaltender in the playoffs? Yes, it is possible. I am wondering it happens how often. often a team, how often a team like the Wild with no offensive superstars wins the Stanley Cup. Out of twenty seasons, how many times does that happen? I think, uh, Mister Puck, what do you think about this one? 
Oh man, passing it. All right. Did 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 you leave? Oh man, we lost him. <laughs> oh, he's out to get a beer. Okay. Hey, well, I'm then... back, guys. What's up? Oh, okay. We were. What's up? Sorry, getting a beer. Sorry. What's he's... up, John? He's not gonna. He's not gonna know. <laughs> I'm not gonna know. Whatever the question. It was. Is, a, I'm not it gonna was a know. puck question. You're Mr. Puck. Well, I am Mr. Puck, but you know, if it's about actors and actresses, I'm. Yeah. I know Hillary Duff is married to a guy. <laughs> Might... That was my question. Yeah. Is Hillary Duff married? TV's so Lizzie McGuire. You... Yeah. Yeah, you answered it. No, I okay, John. Are you okay, just gonna good? Yeah, I I don't I don't think you can necessarily pigeonhole any Stanley Cup winning team into saying, well, you need these four exact things. You need to have top heavy goal scoring, and you need to have scoring for your blue line or whatever. I I don't think you can necessarily put teams into a box just to say these three things have to happen. Obviously, the ideal thing would be to have a team that regularly creates many more shots than their opponents do. That seems like the easiest possible way to winning a Stanley Cup, and often you're going to create a lot more shots if you have elite offensive talent. i got to imagine that in terms of taking shots at the net, somebody like Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taze in Chicago is going to be near the top of those numbers. So, do you win the Stanley Cup because you have elite offensive talent, or do you win it just because you're taking more shots and scoring more, therefore scoring more goals? But what you seem to be Man. getting at is that Devin Dubnik is right now playing in a way that the Wild could potentially ride him through the playoffs, and that'd be great if you assume that Devin Dubnik will continue to have a historically great season, the likes of which we have rarely, if ever, seen from any goaltender in NHL history. And that doesn't seem like a thing you can count on. Sure. He's not letting anything leak through at all. No leaks. I mean, you you saw it when they had... in his direction. You saw when they had sort of a string of, of games where they gave up four goals and he let in a couple of soft ones that it's a lot harder to win when you give up four goals. I don't know if that's... I don't know if that's obvious to you, Brandon, but it, it's easier no, to win I, when you I've only give never up heard one. of hockey. Yep. I've literally never heard of hockey. So, yeah, this is all news to me. This is amazing. I do have another uh, I have another hockey thing that I've been thinking a lot about. It, it sort of came out of our discussion about the two-line pass and the red line and stuff last week. I was thinking a lot this week about ties, about how they – the one thing that nobody ever seems to suggest is just saying, you know what, if the game's tied at the end of regulation, we don't need to have a circus afterwards to decide the winner. We can just have a tie, and then we can all go home. I don't know right. why. Originally, when they first, they used to have overtime, obviously, and they thought that by awarding a point to any team that made it to overtime, they would encourage teams to play more freely in overtime because they already had a point. Because what what used to happen, or what the theory was that used to happen, was that once you got to overtime, neither team would try to score at all because they didn't want to lose a point. But it it just has turned into this strange thing where you play five on five the whole game, and then all of a sudden it's overtime, and well, now we're going to play three on three, so it's going to be like pond hockey. 
And then if that doesn't work, then we're just going to have a shootout like it's some crazy youth tournament or something like that. And for some reason, just lately, it's been bugging me. And I don't, I, 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 I wish that there were ties, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, a, it's an odd thing to not just be like, hey, that's part of the sport. Not yep. a whole lot of scoring, so there's ties sometimes. And it's not like it's going to change the end of the game at all. It's it, it, The incentives are exactly the same whether there's overtime or not overtime. If you're ahead, you're going to want to keep that lead, and if you're behind, you're going to want to try to score a goal. And if you're tied, you can think about either trying to hold on for a tie or trying to win the game. Yeah. And I don't know if that means the you need to go thing- to... You need to change the change the point distribution system to make wins even more valuable by giving three points for a win in the standings or something like that. But I don't know. I was I was thinking about this, and I think I've concluded that I'm in favor of ties, and I'm not in favor of overtime and shootouts. So I'm sure that Gary Bedman will be system. calling. Gary, you have my phone number, so give me a call whenever you're ready. He's a big listener. The current system is ridiculous. Getting yep. a point for losing... For you get a point because it takes you a while to lose is that's asinine. That is the craziest thing in the world. Yep, it's not right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Loser, Do you guys want the loser point is ruining America. There we go. Good point. Uh, all right. So I also wanted to talk about uh, my beloved Minnesota Timberwolves. All right. They've. I had some sort of like mental breakdown this past week. It's been so bad. <laughs> and uh you know you know Poochie, I pride myself to a to a ridiculous and you can attest to this very annoying degree that I'm one of these guys that's that doesn't get caught up emotionally in sports. Like I'm above it. It's one of my worst traits that I continue to point this out even while having conversations with people who clearly are bummed out about sports. I have to go all uh go all uh snob and be like oh that doesn't that doesn't affect me at all um so this is a little bit of a comeuppance because i have been emotionally involved with these wolves and they've made me fucking insane they have made me crazy so i don't even know where to start with the wolves i'm wondering do you any of you have any points or questions about the wolves because if i start ranting i don't i don't know if i'm gonna stop and i i'm gonna try to not do that should they Um, should they fire Thibodeau? the game was (laughs) <laughs> no, no. They JJ Barea is still in the league. Yes, that's true. That's true. Um, they beat Dallas. They did beat Dallas. It was crazy. Um, they somehow found a way to beat the actual worst team in the Western Conference. The one team worse than them. Uh, they beat them, and it wasn't easy. Did I see uh, right that somehow they're like three games out of a playoff spot despite being twelve and twenty-seven or something like that? Yeah, I don't know if it's a, if it's exactly three right now, but it's something like that because the one through seven this year are all pretty solidly going to make it, but then eight through fifteen are all pretty shitty. So right now yeah. it's like the Kings are eighth, or you know, in Portland, and you know, there's a bunch of teams that are just really, really, really bad. So that's an extra sting to uh, to this season. It's making it worse because they could have snuck into the playoffs, and you know, just to get their asses kicked, it's not that big of a deal, but still. It would have been kind of fun. So I have fully gotten into, and I I said this on uh, Twitter.com. It's a website I frequent. uh, Like an actual grief stages 
of the Timberwolves. I have gone through denial and anger, and I have gone through to acceptance. I now accept that this was not just like an unlucky start. They're just a really bad team, and they have, they have low basketball IQs. A lot of them do, which makes it even more frustrating than past years when they've won 15 games. They were just legitimately terrible players. Like they, they just were really, really bad at basketball. These guys should be good, but they're not because they're kind of dumb. Not as human beings, as basketball players. Um, which is why it was so fun to watch Tyus last night when he was in the game because that's kind of his thing where he's the opposite of, um, of a Zach Levine. He's not super physically gifted, but he's a really, really smart basketball player. So I, uh, I am in favor of Tyus playing more, if only for my own mental health. Because if Tyus gets beat, that's fine. He tried his best, and he's a smart guy. And sometimes that happens when you're not as, you know, when some guy has like five inches on you or something. So um, I want him to play because of that. Okay, uh, let me ask you. So yes. I've talked about Wiggins too. How crazy he makes me. I think he may make me angrier than any other Minnesota athlete I can remember in a long time. So I had a question: What Minnesota athlete has driven you the craziest? Like the most irrational? I don't know why, but I'm starting to have visions of like hurting this guy. <laughs> not that bad, but you know what I mean. Um, so not just bad, but. Uh, whether it's mental errors or whatever it is about them has just driven you up the wall. Do you have somebody that comes to mind? Either of you? Like as an adult? Yeah. Now as a, an athlete, like, Oh God, oh. this guy just fucking drives me crazy. No, I mean like, like as, as in my adult. Cause I mean, the obvious answer for me is Ron Davis. Oh, Ron I still Davis. yell at his kid at baseball games. I still <laughs> make fun of Ike Davis. <laughs> so that's a that's a layup for me. I I carry that scar forever. I, I will I will go to his when he dies. I will go to his gravestone and throw eggs at it. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, okay, that's a good one. Um, so, John. But as an adult, when I've learned that it's not a priority to do things like that. No, not really. What about, uh, what about Delman? Because he had to got, that dude drove me crazy. Delman was really frustrating as a player. Is that up there for you? He was, he was really frustrating, but I mean, he's clearly had, I mean, is it an open secret that he was clearly an alcoholic and, had major issues with like anti-Semitism and treating women and just generally he has, he had a grab bag of uh, problem areas in his personality. And it was, I he felt he seemed like he was more pitiable than someone to be mad at. Yeah. You couldn't or just at least sort of... make fun of, make fun of in countless Twinkie town pieces that I wrote, yeah. you know, cause I'm compassionate that way. So he went beyond like the just, shake he, your I, fist he, at him to like, Oh my God, you're an actual bad person right now. This, this guy's, yeah, you've clearly got so many uh, issues in your life that it's just like, you know, not, not worth the time. Okay. How about Todd Stucy? <laughs> I don't know. I offsides number seventy three. Yeah, I feel yep. like I. I feel like or I now hate, start number seventy three. Sorry, I feel like I now hate Matt Khalil more than I ever managed to hate Todd Stucy. I remember hating Todd Stucy though. Yeah, yeah. Some I'm, this is more less like 
hate it. Well, I guess it is sort of. I'm just trying to think of somebody who just like they're not just being terrible at their sport because that is frustrating, but just yeah. like kind of drives you nuts because of other reasons. I don't know because Wiggins is bad, but he's not. I don't know. He just gets under my skin. I'd argue that Stussy is a little worse than Khalil because, like, and again, I don't give a shit if you do steroids, but I know that Stussy uh, was tied to some HGH uh, stuff when he was with the Panthers, and all Khalil does off the field is give people a good pizza at a reasonable price in uh, <laughs> the northwestern suburbs. So I think uh, Stussy's probably a little worse in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, so that was my question. You guys aren't um, aren't able to come up with anything. I'm, I'm just having trouble dis- better for I'm having to, Wiggins. I'm having trouble deciding. There's so many. There's, Most go for football players of all time. Game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Most most twins pitchers of the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Several wild defensemen over over the span of time. Martin Skula is the one that comes to mind most. Oh boy, let's see. Most Chris Humphreys was immensely frustrating as a player. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Humphreys is a perfect example of. You know, I think that yeah, yes, they're like the Roger Dorn of basketball. Right, These guys that just like won't. Get in and mix it up, and you really need them to. Wiggins is totally like that. Humphreys was too. Ugh. Uh, well, speaking of Gopher hoops, John, have you been watching them? You no, I them? haven't. I haven't seen any Gopher Nothing. hoops yet. I I'm afraid. Why are you on board, baby? I'm I'm afraid. You're so good. I'm afraid to come back. It's just. Well, now you've we've there's been so many great victories that they obviously can't keep this up the entire season. I mean, knowing. You know, so you've probably already missed all the good times. You just better just stay away for a while. <laughs> They're in the top twenty-five, Brandon. I know, yeah, and that's legit too. Because if you look at some of the some of the uh, nerd stats, like I do, they are a pretty good. I mean, they are a good team. A lot of times, you'll get a team ranked for being on a run against some shitty competition, and they're up there for two seconds, and then you never hear from them again. They are, you know, not a great team, but they're a really good, solid team. I mean. Uh, Murphy, Mason, Lynch, Coffey, and a couple other guys are really good players. They're fun to watch. They actually score. It's not like a Wisconsin team where that you know it's like forty seven, forty two games. So I would, uh, I'm on board. Yeah. Well, I'm that's excited. that's kind of my problem. There is that you know college basketball is kind of like uh, like NASCAR, where it's like you know it's unwatchable when you compare it to similar better products. Like college basketball is much tougher to watch than pro basketball and like nascar is much tougher to watch than skateboard accidents on youtube <laughs> it's just there it's you know yeah i know what you but, see um, the best like... but that's but but that said i mean i'm, I'm glad that because again we i think john and i talked about this on i at least i talked about it and john faintly uh, agreed with me that the best show in town is Williams Arena, right. yep. and I'm very happy that they're ranked again. It makes me feel good on the inside a little bit, and I I plan to watch a second game very soon. <laughs> the first, the only one I've watched so far is Michigan State, so that doesn't really help. <laughs> that Michigan, but yeah. I will watch a second game. I promise. That just yeah. following the Michigan State game sort of 
very remotely to know that they were up by 12 early in the second half and they came back and lost it, that really brought all of my trust issues back right there because I thought, yep, this is yeah. this is how it goes. And then now they won, they beat the Purdue, therapist. they beat Northwestern, which they always seem to struggle with, they beat Ohio State. Now would be a good time for them to suck me back in and then lose very disappointingly again. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be easy, but they uh, I think they're at least competent. And again, if we're starting with thinking of what happened last year, if you keep those expectations to that, then you'll be then you'll yeah. be surprised. And Coffee and Murphy, again, those four players are are really fun to watch. So, I don't know, think about it. It's your life. Just saying. Okay, uh let's wrap up with some NFL preview i want to know who you're rooting for seattle or arizona john uh or, i'm sorry atlanta. seattle for atlanta not in arizona nope it's it's real hard to pick a favorite in the nfc right now real hard well just I, envision you're sitting in front of the tv and the game comes on i know that you're not just going to be like a a bystander and get not emotionally invested at all. Like I know you have to pick a team when you're watching them. So imagine right. you're watching Seattle versus Atlanta. What what pops into your head? Who are you rooting for? Uh, I I've mentioned this two thousand times on the podcast, but I have a cousin who's a oh, huge. Yes. he's yes. from Seattle. He's a huge Seattle sports fan. So I'll be rooting for him far more than I'll be rooting for the Seahawks. That's fair. Uh, Stu, what are you going to be doing? Yeah, I'm um the other podcast that I'm vaguely aware of when I'm actually on it is uh TBTL and they're based out of Seattle. So yep. um yeah, I'm 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 on the Hawks bandwagon, but I do think Atlanta's gonna win. Yeah. Yeah, I can I think, see. I, I think, think losing Earl Thomas really and the way Atlanta moves the ball around, um, I really think with Earl Thomas out that is almost, you know, a death shot for Seattle's defense and um, but I, w- I would like to see Seattle advance because I also think they have the best chance to take out the the Green Bay Packers because I I worry about Dallas I really do. Well, let's I'm gonna also root for Seattle. I don't exactly know why, so I'm just gonna pretend it's because you guys want them to win. So and I want you to be happy. So that's why I'm rooting for Seattle. Okay, so let's move on to Green Bay versus oh, thanks, Dallas. Brandon. Yeah, you're welcome. Green Bay versus Dallas, two historically of the most easily hateable franchises yes in football uh you can throw new england in there but really these are very easy two of at least three now i have to admit are both fairly fun teams to watch if you didn't have any of that baggage i mean rogers obviously is incredible to watch out of his mind out of his mind right now he's a magician and then on the other side uh zeke and uh prescott are both super fun to watch as well so I'm not even going to answer. John, who are you going to be rooting for here? I would never root for Green Bay under any circumstances. So Dallas, but I'd rather both teams lose. You're rooting for the Meteor. Oh, I'm almost always rooting for the Meteor, let's be honest. Okay, that's fair. Most uh, of the time I'm I'd like the Meteor to land on the Vikings if possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. I'd uh, like the NFL I'm to be way in the same boat. Um, 
let's see, former cowboy Nate Newton got arrested for having a trunk full of weed two different times in like four months. Yeah. So I am going to root for Dallas. <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is Nate Newton's weed trunk. That's I think I think Clauswitz said that. <laughs> Might have been Sun Tzu. I don't know. But uh, Oh boy. Uh, either way. Machiavelli. Let's go yeah, Machiavelli said that, so Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I am also going to be rooting for the Cowboys. Doesn't feel great, but nah, they're sort of fun to watch. So, uh, all right. Okay. Um, moving over to, uh, the East Pittsburgh, Kansas city, John. Um, let's see. So you got Ben Roethlisberger versus Tyree kill and a couple of real feel good stories. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, uh, you got Andy Reid. Uh, Andy at- Reid's involved. Brad Childress is and, involved. And, and Chili. Don't forget Chili. Oh yeah. I, Chili's around. I think Kansas City wins. I I really do. Because Brad Childress is involved. I think Pittsburgh's the better team. Because Chili's there, I think I'm going to cheer for Pittsburgh. It's Chili's retribution tour. He's 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 making his comeback. We hate Chili. Because Durkee told us that he's a total asshole in real life too, right? Yeah, he's a he's a ghost fighter. <laughs> he, he is, and and, Clar- and and Clarence hates him because he improved in his third year, unlike Mike Zimmer. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh... doesn't like showing up retroactively, showing up <laughs> like that. I'm sneaking that one an hour in just just to see if Clarence is still awake listening to this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm guessing he won't. Uh, so you're gonna are you both rooting for Pittsburgh then? Is that right? Yeah, I think Kansas City will win, but I'd rather see Pittsburgh's more entertaining. I mean, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are just hella fun to watch. So yeah, so true. And Alex Smith is boring as shit. So Kansas City will win because they're boring. Yep. Okay. Uh, Houston versus New England. I'm going with New England. Sorry. Nobody I, cares. I tried to hate them. I can't. Uh, every year I I do some soul searching and I end up just rooting for them accidentally. So <sighs> it's happened again. What's the spread on this game? Sixteen. It's got to be a couple touchdowns, right? Yeah, it's six. Well, fifteen and a half. Last I saw, I I got it at fifteen and a Jeez. half. I I'm rooting God, so I, hard boy, for Houston. I, this might be the game that I'm most invested in. There would be nothing. Oh, no. I tried to. I, the alternate reality where Brock Osweiler beats Bill Belichick. Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I want. I just can't. I, I mean, I like Houston. Houston's got some good def. They have some good defensive parts. They got. Like a pro wrestler, like that uh, Whitney Merciless or whatever, which is somehow a real name. And I mean, they don't have JJ Watt, but you know he was in Wisconsin, so fuck him. They got Clowney. But, I mean, they got Clowney, who's you know finally sort of you know showing something. But I just don't. I just can't imagine. That's the one game I can't imagine turning out any other way. But New England went in by at least you know seventeen twenty one points. I took the New England minus 15 and a half. Uh, that's what I bet my money on. But that still feels weird in a playoff game. It's so easy to win by 14 and, you know, or a backdoor, you know, you're up by three and you end up winning three touchdowns. You end up giving one up at the end. I feel really weird about it, but the smart guys told me to to get on it. So we'll see. But you can root against that, too, if you want to. You can root for Houston. Mm-hmm. So that helps. Yeah. That's no. I like, I like to see you happy, Brandon. Oh man, thanks so much. Uh, well, it should be hopefully a better weekend than last weekend. Man, what a yeah, just what a bummer that awful. was. Sounds like when Vegas took a bath on it because all the home favorites 
cover the spread. Yeah. I think. Yep. So yeah, that, that which apparently is bad. So poor Vegas. Oh well. Might have to shut. Poor down. Vegas. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, I am out of things to talk about. I got through everything. Wow, we That's did good. We covered five sports. That's an efficient podcast, mm-hmm. right there. And we got very to efficient. A, John, do you want to get back into talking about uh, number of goals on the wild? Why don't you? Yeah, let's I count can. how many guys have. <laughs> Why don't Four we through seven? Let's break it down. I want you to read out the shots attempted numbers for every player on the wild. Uh-huh. And we'll just go down the list. Uh, yep. Okay. So who on the wild has ninety four shots? <laughs> I, I, Eric Stahl. Isn't this what? Isn't this? Isn't this the Giles and the goalie podcast now? Isn't this <laughs> pretty much what they do? We're really biting. They, read, they read the numbers. We're really biting their uh, their bits. That's Zach Parisi. And that's yep. one to grow on, John. Zach Parisi. Dang it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you were bad at that. Um, yeah. So uh, have a good weekend, gentlemen. I'll be in uh, Los Angeles, California all weekend. So Ooh. I'll report that to you. Yep. Yeah. I got yeah let us know how things are. They've uh, had a giant storm out there all week. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be 68 and See? sunny all weekend. So. Nice. In an odd coincidence, I will be in Los Angeles two weeks from now. So, oh, I'll uh, I'll hide some things around the city. Yep, just send me on a scavenger hunt. That's what I'm looking to do in LA. That's I want. John thing that does you're love puzzles. Is, <laughs> you're only going out to hope that I can do a scavenger yep. hunt for you. But I want riddles. I want riddles to be the clues. <laughs> you know, Poochie loves riddles. Poochie loves his riddles. Give you the riddles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Well, if that's the West enough. Coast you wish to see, please answer these riddles three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's a good ender. So let's uh, let's call it a night. We'll, uh, we'll see everybody. Or cool. We'll talk to yep. and at everybody next week. Go, Go Cowboys. Bye. I should probably press stop, shouldn't I? (laughs) Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.